Welcome to the Confluence Investment Management Bi-Weekly Asset Allocation Report for August 22, 2022. August 10th, the day the July Consumer Price Index was released, was an enjoyable one for stock investors. The stock market rallied on hopes that inflation has peaked and that the Fed might be less inclined to raise interest rates. Was it a case of over-optimism? I'm Phil Adler. Joining us today is Confluence Investment Management Chief Market Strategist Bill O'Grady. Bill, it's been a while now. Could you review the numbers that were so well received by the financial markets? Of course. July inflation came in below expectations. On a yearly basis, the market expected an overall rate of up 8.7%. The actual reading came in at up 8.5%. For core CPI, the CPI that excludes food and energy, the actual was 5.9% compared to expectations of 6.1%. But perhaps the most bullish part of the report was the monthly change. The overall rate was unchanged compared to June, and the core rate rose by 0.3 compared to expectations of 0.5%. This was the first monthly reading for the overall rate that was zero or less since May of 2020. Now, what are the arguments in favor of the theory that inflation has now peaked? Well, there's some evidence that supply chains are improving. For example, the New York Federal Reserve Bank has an index that tracks supply chain disruptions, and those have apparently eased. Although we didn't put it in the formal report, the ISM Manufacturing Prices Paid Index tends to lead CPI by about four to six months. It's consistent with an overall inflation rate of about 5% by year's end. There's also the case of base effects. The way to think about this is that oil prices are up 39% from July of last year. By March of 2023, we'll, we'll be comparing that to prices that averaged $108 a month. So if, if prices remain around $90 a barrel, by, by that time next year, oil prices will actually be down about 17%. Since inflation has been elevated, it's more likely that even steady prices will lead to a lower annual rate of change. Sounds good, but how about the arguments that poke holes in this theory? Well, it's possible that prices continue to remain elevated because the supply chains have been permanently changed by the Ukraine war and the end of U.S. hegemony. But perhaps the bigger issue is expectations surrounding the term peak inflation. Just because we've seen the highs for inflation doesn't mean that inflation will go down to acceptable levels. Bill, you pay a lot of attention to a different set of data, subtracting the unemployment rate from the consumer price index. Why is this comparison useful? Well, it gets to the heart of, of the Phillips curve relationship. The, the Phillips curve, named after a New Zealand economist named William Phillips, postulates that there's an inverse relationship between inflation and unemployment. Now, this idea has turned out to be controversial. The relationship isn't stable over time, meaning that at, at times a given level of unemployment will correlate with different levels of inflation. But this is the operative theory the Fed has used for years in setting monetary policy. We model that relationship and show for really most of the past 60 plus years, the Fed did manage policy around that relationship, even in the 1970s, which is considered a period of poorly managed monetary policy. The Fed tended to tighten policy when CPI exceeded the unemployment rate. But in the post-pandemic world, the Fed has let this relationship get out of control, suggesting the FOMC is way behind in tightening, or the FOMC is bravely expecting either inflation to fall rapidly or unemployment to rise rapidly, or both to occur. 
Well, since this comparison shows that Fed policy does remain historically easy, even with the recent rate increases, the Fed may come to determine that it still needs to raise interest rates substantially to cool off the labor market and subdue inflation. A sharp rise in interest rates would probably be negative for the stock market. However, the financial markets at least initially appeared to be dismissing this outcome. Why? Well, you you hit upon the big question. Now, one possibility is that investors really do believe this inflation is transitory. Another is that the Fed will engineer a drop in inflation without a recession. Milton Friedman postulated that investors set their inflation expectations over a lifetime of experience. When I was a young analyst, I was having a drink with a much older advisor. In a bid to make small talk, I asked him if it was hard to sell bonds in the mid-1970s. And he said, no, actually, it was quite easy. And I responded, well, you've got 8% coupon and 12% inflation. He said, yeah, but for most of the 1960s, most investors had 4% coupons, and, and they just couldn't believe they could lose money on a coupon of 8%. Since inflation has been low for a long time, I suspect investors really haven't become conscious of how high inflation really is. You can see that in the tip spread relative to actual inflation. Bill, I'm still a bit confused about the way the financial markets have been performing. Would you say that at this point, anticipating a recession is actually good news for equities? Well, I'd be a pretty hard case to make. Recessions are historically not good for stocks. But given that the market is already down over 20% from its highs, there are some analysts suggesting, well, the worst is already over, and essentially making the case that equities have already discounted a recession. I think a better way of framing the argument is that equities are looking at what the euro dollar is signaling, the euro dollar futures market is signaling, and thinking that the Fed might actually pull off that rare outcome, a soft landing. Now, we, we really don't agree with that assessment. In other words, we may have a case of strategic ambiguity at work. The bond market is showing lower yields because it expects a recession. The equity market looks at the expectations of a reversal of Fed tightening and thinks, well, gosh, this is signaling the avoidance of a recession. We actually tend to think the bond market's got it right. Speaking of the bond market, would you say the inversion of the yield curve is a very strong indicator of a recession? It is. If you only have one economic indicator of the business cycle available, it is by far the most reliable. Bill, what do you think is the most probable outcome over the next several months? Well, I expect a recession to emerge clearly in the second half of 2023 that will lead to lower bond yields and weaker equity markets. Recessions usually lead to lower earnings, and that shoe hasn't dropped yet. And so the confluence asset allocation outlook remains, would you say, strongly defensive? Yeah, although strongly is probably a bit overstated, but we are positioned for weaker risk markets. Thank you, Bill. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.